0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in on the audio side, on the video side. So it's Casual Friday, and I have Aaron Quinn from Cover One with me. going to talk to Aaron in just a quick second. And again, for people who are regular listeners to this podcast, but maybe you haven't listened in the last week or so, Joe Yurden has been doing Fridays with me for the past year or so. Joe is now going to be on every Tuesday with me. Aaron Quinn, Cover One, my guy. It's going to be my casual Friday guy. I'll have a couple of Wednesday random episodes throughout the month where we'll have different rotating guests. Um, before I get there, I kind of want to get your comment on this, man, because you kind of sort of similar in Maine. We were talking a little bit before, uh, before we started taping here in terms of a benefit. So again, if you know me on Twitter or, or especially Facebook or you've listened to this podcast, I've talked about this a couple of times. Um, one of my closest friends not the greatest way to start out a Casual Friday podcast, but one of my best friends in the world has stage four colon cancer that is now spread to his liver. It's quite frankly, it's a it's pretty a, a gloomy diagnosis. Anyway, uh, a group of us worked really hard to put a benefit for him together in Lackawanna. We did that this weekend. Um, We went into it with the expectation or the hope I should say of raising anywhere between maybe six to $10,000 to to help them out with, you know, medical bills, living costs, stuff like that. Well, I'll tell you what, man, we ended up raising almost $20,000 on Saturday. It was unbelievable. And I just wanted to take a real quick second here because look, there were a lot of volunteers. I'm not going to name all of them. It would take me half this podcast to do that. They know who they are. Everybody worked really hard behind the scenes, did an amazing job, but for a benefit to be successful, I think you need to have, besides generous people, you also need to have great prizes, things for people to want to spend their money and put in for for baskets. And we had, man, between our the general auction and the big ticket items and gift certificates, we ended up having like over 130 prizes. And I just wanted to take a quick minute here at the top to uh, thank a handful of people. And I got a couple of things written down here. Um, these were amazing prizes. And again, this was getting people to maybe spend more than they initially thought they were because these were just such uh, amazing prizes. I want to thank Jennifer Lathrop. She gave us Bills tickets to raffle off. Um, the Suarez family, an autographed Lawrence Taylor helmet, which was awesome. Um, <clears throat> my cousin, and by the way, I'm fighting to do a cold here too. Uh, my cousin, Colin, uh, they, they hooked us up to Curing some other stuff. Orville's gave us a nice chest freezer. Shays performing arts donated tickets to Paw Patrol. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres stepped up real nice. We sent a letter out to them and they gave us an autograph, Craig Anderson um, hockey stick. That was great. Um uh, friends Dave and Lisa Leach, they donated a Bills table and a tailgate basket. Uh Tommy and Meg Stein, an autograph framed Andre Reed jersey. Uh Robert Giammer gave us a, an autograph, Magic Johnson jersey. Um, Katie Anasanzo gave us an autograph, Stefan Diggs helmet or mini helmet with some other stuff was amazing. Uh what Else we got here, chicks. Does D's Corner? Um, a couple of Bill's canvas prints. Which, by the way, Aaron, if you can see in his background, he's got some Scott Flick artwork, which is yeah. amazing. I got there were some really cool prints that I need to get here, uh, for my studio, so so that was great. Um, we had a Michael's Kors purse, uh, a signed tray white bear sign, um, an autographed Greg Rizzo jersey, which you don't see a lot of those. That was um, yeah. from Collector's Haven. And then that the value is only going up too. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then the big one, uh, my, my buddy Joe Rodriguez really came through. Gave us an autographed side Josh Allen jersey. And I'm telling you right now, there was literally two baskets or two paper bags. We had to get a second paper oh, bag man. full of tickets. That thing had, they had near five bucks of tickets. So I was that that was crazy was, to have the whole city of Buffalo. <laughs> put that in raised, on that, one. that raised over a thousand dollars. And then last but not least, man, I, look, Imperial Pizza. I got to throw this out there. When we were putting the benefit together, I went to them. And I and I explained the situation. And long story short, they gave us well over five hundred dollars worth of free pizza. Then charged us one penny. No, they don't know personally who Ryan even is. I mean, Ryan, that Imperial's like Ryan's favorite pizza place, but you know, whatever. They don't they don't know him. They didn't have right. to do that. They, they didn't work gave there us a, or anything. They could have gave yeah. us a couple party pizzas and then said, all right, we'll give you a discount on the rest. Nope. Tell us what you need, boss. That was word for word what they said. I told them, and they came through with tons of food. In fact, during the benefit, we had more people than I thought, and we were running a little bit low. Call them up. Within an hour, bam, five more party awesome. pizzas. I love I love highlighting places that give back to the community because yeah. there's so many great pizza and wing places throughout Western New York. Some of them are generous. Some of them, not so much. I mean, this is a place that just, and trust me, I know First Aid, Imperial Pizza, they just- they always give back. So I just yeah. wanted to throw that out there. I and, was going to uh, make
2: the joke that they're just giving back to you for all the years of wings that you've purchased. They're just giving <laughs> back, a, you're keeping the lights on there.
1: That's funny, but then yeah. huge shout out to all those people. I just mentioned many more. Hey, I did not again. I'd be my, going through this whole podcast.
2: My hat's off to you and everyone that organized it. Uh, we were talking offline. We started a benefit a
1: similar, not
2: uh, cancer. a cancer friend of mine, really one of my best friends, business partner, uh, passed away a few years back now and we started a foundation in his name and he didn't die of cancer or anything he had uh issues with seizures in his brain and so it wasn't really towards that it was for hunger prevention was supposed to head this weekend as an event as well this weekend was supposed to head down there for it It as a 5k and a disc golf tournament we set all this stuff up but the point i'm saying is organizing and whatever the event is to get a bunch of people together and get a bunch of things together is uh it really is a lift with everybody's lives and all the other stuff you have to do every single day so kudos hats off to you and everyone else that helped organize i'm sure that your friend uh absolutely uh, has a full heart uh oh, here this
1: week with uh, with the best all the, everything that was given yeah that is that that's the best part and, and quite frankly i did I had some tasks just like everyone else, but I mean, there was a group that just, they went far way above and beyond organizing. When you put a benefit together a with hundred, 200 people, it is a lot of work, a lot of organizing, getting yeah. everything together, tagging everything, keeping everything organized. These, these girls and a couple guys, they were just, uh, and you
2: don't know if it's going to be successful.
1: You're putting exactly. in a ton of work and you have no, it could be a total flop. I was so, last so. Saturday, completely, utterly stressed out because yeah. you're right, man. You put all the work together. You got all, got these great prizes. You've done all the work. And until... <clears throat> Till the event, you never know how it's going to be. You always got anxiety. Well, a, lot of,
2: a lot of people are having events. A lot of people are asking for sure. money, right? So you never yeah. know how it's going to play out. I was a little worried. We were putting a lot of effort into the event that we did. Not as much me, but the people associated to it. And I just kept thinking, like, I felt really bad if it was going to not be what they thought it was. And then I got uh, reports from this weekend of the event that I was helping plan where they, again, they shattered what they assumed right. they were going to bring in for uh donations and stuff like that. And so it, there was a lot of good positive vibes. But kudos also to people. You know, this one didn't have necessarily the prizes and things like that, but kudos to people continuing to give their money, right, mm-hmm. and to help other people in need. You know, it's you you spend a lot of time on social media and. You see a lot of negatives about human interactions, So it's good to get into real life and see like, hey, there's still some some good people that can rally together and help
1: each other out. That's a good feeling. The nickname City of Good Neighbors is it's really true in Buffalo. Yeah. It really is, man. And by the way, I definitely have great neighbors. If my neighbors listen
2: to you, I want them to know that they, they
1: embody City of Good Neighbors. <laughs> like this is talking Buffalo podcast. I have to say this from time to time. This isn't talking Bill's podcast. I mean, we talk right. Bill's on most episodes. But sometimes i want to highlight this city because yeah man I, I i just stuff like this makes me so proud to be here people are just so kind and generous and look there's some scumbags in the cities everybody's has got some yeah. every city in, in america has them but yeah. all in all generally speaking it's a great I think town. when stuff
2: hits the fan you yes. see the best like i'm not from the area and so i don't have the ties but like uh, a good example and, to me was the november november storm mm-hmm. years back we didn't get hit with anything in the North towns. I had dust of yeah, snow. Yeah, I remember that. My, But everybody in the South towns was just buried and just the stories of people coming together and helping each other out. Yeah. Just like, And we were there we were driving down to help our friends in the south towns shovel off their roofs and stuff and trying to get into a disaster zone so you when the things hit the fan or when people are really needed, you see the best of buffalo for
1: sure for sure and look man you might not have been born and raised in buffalo you don't get to pick where you're from though you're a buffalo you're a buffalonian man you've been here long my kids are
2: here right i got roots now i got you have your roots so
1: you're you're a buffalonian regardless of where you're born again you don't get to pick where you're born but you do get to pick where you where you have a family where you raise a family and stuff like that one last thing too the best part to your point the money was great and it's going to be helpful but even more than that so ryan is from buffalo south buffalo born and raised lived there his whole life until about two or three years ago he actually moved down to florida again he's my wife's best friend he's one of my best friends he was a groomsman in my wedding by the way um and he's just he's going to be turning 45 years old so he's still young um which is you know so it, sad, it, man. It, it, it really is. Well, he's fighting, man. And, and so far, so good. He's doing well. He's his spirits are great, which yep. to your point, beyond the money. So, anyway, he's been in Florida, but he did come up to Buffalo for the benefit. So he was there to see the hugs, to see the smiles, to see him getting treated like a rock star. Everyone wants a picture with him. Um, it, it that was the, the best part, man. I, I I I can't even imagine how uplifted right now he must feel. So mm-hmm. Again, just the city of good neighbors. I, I had to throw that out there. One other thing, too. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice or me coughing a little bit here. I'm sick. I, sure. I do not feel well. I've taken a COVID test yesterday and uh, the day before. They've both been negative. I do know a couple people that I was in contact with over the last week or so who have tested positive for COVID. So I am being mindful and careful. Um, I think I just might just have a chest cold. I know. It's so that time of
2: year, man, too. It, like, it is. That's yes. The folks out there listening that have kids, my kids have been straight sick between the two of them. We haven't been running through tissues and cough drops for about two months.
1: Yeah, straight up.
2: And then once the heater got turned on last week, like then everybody's sinuses started. I'm the only one in my family. I drink the emergencies, the whatever put into my system. As soon as somebody starts sniffling, I'm on it. But everyone else in my house is sick constantly for the past two months. So I'm surprised this is your first. Exposure to being sick here this fall,
1: it is, and you know, it's like there are illnesses out there behind COVID, so I might yeah. just have a, a simple check seasonal
2: cold. allergies, man. Yeah. Like, I most people I know when the seasons change, uh, within like a two to three week window, everyone's kind of getting sick, and ha- people think of it as just like uh, a spring thing, but seasons change, the fall has a seasonal change, uh, again, kicking on your heater. I know it sounds silly, but you're kicking up a bunch of dust and stuff. Allergies, sure. a lot of the times, feel like a sickness. Like I'm pretty sure my kids aren't actually sick. We've been like taking their fever, doing all this stuff. I think it's just allergies.
1: Yeah. Um. One last thing. Then we'll dive into a couple topics here, and we'll kind of explain some things we're going to be doing with the Casual Friday again with Aaron. And now speaking of Casual
2: Friday, you. I didn't want to interrupt your uh, intro. Right. A little bit of a downgrade from Joe. I'm sorry. I got to admit. No, a, no. Joe's
1: great. It's you guys are different. Joe brings yeah. a lot on the hockey side, which I'm gonna to get to that in a second with you. Joe in brings a loser. lot on the hockey side. He's more of a casual football. I mean, he's more than a casual football fan. Mm-hmm. The the funny part about talking with Joe that I would have to explain every week is Joe is not a Buffalo Bills fan. Joe's a Detroit Lions fan. So I do have to every week we're like Joe's a Bills watcher. He's not because we would talk sure. Bills every week, but he's not a Bills. Yeah bill's fan whereas aaron obviously is much more a, of a football guy and a basketball guy too so i'm looking forward to the nba season hey, yeah right We'll have some uh some shit to talk about one thing i want to let people know too is with our friday episodes that i'm doing out with aaron we are taping these early thursday morning that's the way our schedule works aaron's got dead responsibilities <laughs> before and after and it's just easier for me to be able to do that. that that was one of the problems Joe and I ran into scheduling problems because Thursdays can be crazy. But Thursday mornings is a good time for both Aaron and I. So just so you know, when you listen to this on Friday, if anything crazy happens on a Thursday afternoon, whether it's bills related, sports related, any kind of related, we already have taped. So yeah. I just want to let people know that. So we're going to be taping these on uh, Thursday mornings. So I when Odell mention- Jack-
2: Obel, Obel Beckham Jr. is spotted at Duff's
1: tonight <laughs> we might not have
2: that for you on the podcast
1: that got some traction yesterday that uh, Odell Beckham at the airport which is one of the things yeah. I, Did I you do see wanted...
2: uh for people listening won't be able to see but uh we had our show last night the cover one buffalo podcast was last night and I always put up a sign sort of uh homage to Woody Page days I don't know Woody Page always had the yeah, sign yeah. up behind him loved it all growing up so I put a sign in mine uh this week was OBJ was here Yeah, uh, just yeah, because yeah. like it's so silly like uh <laughs> no, you know I thought we were beyond that with the drought years of just like <laughs> Following planes and and keeping an eye on people, but here we are <laughs> and the, and the going into Chiefs we week. All we care about is OBJ. Fun stuff.
1: <laughs> Hockey. I yeah. wanted to ask you this. Now I sure. know because I again we follow we're friends and also we follow each other on Twitter. Yeah, and I know. One of Your kids play some floor hockey, I think. Might maybe was Sal's kid, Sal Capaccio. He,
2: their kid, uh, Sal's kid was the group right after, so I saw him every okay. But you would see his son's a little bit
1: older, yep, right? But your kids playing a little hockey. from uh, the say Chad Diaminus, yeah, Diaminus. I'll always mess with his name, but
2: he, he, his son was actually in the same one, and we didn't realize that we know each other, like we were, we've worked together in the past. And it was the last one they have a parents come in and play. And then that's when I saw Chad. Like we had not oh, seen cool. each other the whole time. So that's yeah.
1: cool. Chad was just on uh, the podcast last week anyway. But here's, here's my question for you. You're not really a hockey guy, though. I mean, like, no. You're like, you're not a Sabres fan at all. Why I'm, is it? Because sure. were you not around hockey growing up? Uh, yep. what was it? Something that just didn't really stick for you? Like what, why, you know, there's always a reason why somebody's right. not into a sport. Like what, what's your reason to not really yeah. be in hockey? Much? Hockey for me, I think is a
2: tough one, one. Um, I think you have to grow up in a region where hockey is really prevalent for it to be the way it is. And so like people from Western New York, I think have a different view of how hockey is maybe viewed in a lot of the other parts of the country. So I was born and raised in Connecticut up until a freshman in high school. So the majority of my life in terms of sports and influence uh, came in that region of the country, which is kind of like, it's not really hockey area, even though we had the whalers growing up, I used to love going to whalers games. Like that was a fun thing. Our school would do it like things like that. So there was some hockey influence, but, my high school my local schools and teams we didn't have hockey programs like there was really none of that i think in some of the richer areas in connecticut you had hockey programs but i grew up in like pretty lower middle class southeastern connecticut it just wasn't a thing lots of basketball cuz all you need sneakers and a sure. ball right so like everybody played basketball there was quite a bit of football um baseball's huge in southeastern connecticut i'm terrible at baseball but yeah no hockey was just never really on the radar My dad wasn't a big hockey fan. I think back in like the 70s, maybe he was into the Bruins uh, for a little bit, but he was more always basketball, football all growing up. And so just never had that influence from anyone in my life that was big in hockey. And then I did move to Maine in uh, high school as a freshman, much bigger. And there was a hockey team at our school. Um, Even girls hockey in high school was a big thing back then, which uh, was new to me to see girls hockey being a thing in high school. And so Maine was much more a hockey presence. Uh, U Maine has huge hockey presence, a big hockey school. Um, So there's a lot going there, but it's just for me, not having that base of growing up with it, it's hard to then just like jump in and watch it. And so watching hockey on TV is hard. Um, I do enjoy it live. Anytime somebody offers me Sabres tickets, I'm there. Uh, I used to have season tickets to the Portland Pirates. Actually, when they were, the Sabres uh, farm system team. Uh, I had season tickets. We were a restaurant. And so we used them as a corporate thing, but I went all the time back then. Uh, I love going to hockey live. I just, one, I don't understand all the rules. So that makes it hard. Two, sure. it's not, and I think even hockey fans can admit this, it's not really packaged for television. Like it's not out of all the major sports, it's probably the one that displays the worst on TV. And so that also is hard. And then the season's too long. Like even I like basketball. And it's coming up here, and there's some excitement, but I'm really not going to get into basketball until spring. Yeah, right? we play 82 like, games. Yeah, football February, sports. I'll start paying attention. And yeah, baseball is kind of the same way, and uh, hockey is the same way. And ultimately, it becomes a time issue. I like basketball. I absolutely love football. Football takes up 95% of my sports interest in time. So there's not much left, right, to look over. And then hockey is just so – there's so many games and so random of how much it's on. So it's just – at this point in my life, it's become a investment. And you know what? I probably would get more into hockey uh, if the Sabres had been any good since I've lived here in Buffalo, but it's also hard. There's been years where I've tried to like hop on and follow the Sabres it's hard to sit through 82 games when the team's like one of the worst run organizations in all sports.
1: Yeah. Your, your boy, Greg Thompson, your partner on the cover one, Buffalo. What Park a fraud. I, I'll get he, on him all the he, time. He, about, yeah, He's trying. Is he really trying? No, he's though? not trying. Uh, is he trying. I'll call him out right now. Is, he, is he having, is he having a little you bit don't like of fun? hockey. Greg you don't watches like... hockey games and a little half his hashtags. Greg, Greg don't nope. know. hockey. It's kind of fun to follow my Twitter. What he's doing. I'm like sure this. it is. He's yeah. No. More questions than not. I'm like, are you being genuine, Greg? You really watching these games? I think he I think he sort of is to your point, though. you're. I think he Twitter. enjoys
2: the um, silliness the of the interactions. Of yeah, he, like, I Greg, think Greg he loves interacting
1: hockey. with people on Twitter. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. I, I agree with you. I, I think gr- when you don't grow up around hockey, it's a hard sport to get into. Yeah. Uh, my father was not a hockey guy. And my father was born and raised in New York City. And he was a baseball and a football guy. He just didn't like hockey. It was for me, I grew up on the west side of Buffalo and we played all the time. I had no yeah. choice. If I wanted to have friends. I had to play hockey. So I got into it at a young age. I do agree with you, though. I think hockey is watching it live is very entertaining. Mm -hmm. Watch it on TV sometimes. Not so much. And the breaks are
2: too long, too. Like, even if you watch a period and then you have a, a 20 minute, right? It's about 20 minutes in between periods.
1: Yeah. 20 minute periods. Yeah. Close to 20 minutes intermission. I think it might be 15. I can't speak
2: for other people, man. But like if I watch a period and there's no scoring, like it's a boring period. And then you're going to make me sit for 20 minutes in between the next one. Like that's hard for me to capture the attention. I'm off on Netflix. I'm off watching YouTube. Like I can't sit and stay and wait for the game to come back.
1: It's been hard for this market to draw new fans too, because like you said, the team's stumped now for literally maybe maybe the worst franchise in sports over the last decade. It would be like, being in a market, you know, like you said, the Bills how they're playing right now would be like being a fan of the Washington Commanders. You know what I mean? It's just not going to be a an exciting brand of football. Yeah, What's without it? the dirtbag owner, but yeah. <laughs> All right. I was just I was just wondering. So, people, So what are... I will
2: say though, the, my, my internally in my house there is struggle because my son had asked me to sign back up for. Floor hockey. He likes it. I'm cool. With floor hockey. We've got friends all over the neighborhood with hockey nets and they're big into hockey and he's the same thing as you, right? Like he grow, you know, he's growing up in Buffalo and if he wants to hang out with the neighborhood kids, he's got to get a stick he and learn play. it, right? Yep. Yep. And it's killing me because my wife and I do not want our son involved in hockey at all because it's just like there really doesn't appear to be like a middle ground where your kid can just like play rack hockey. All my sports growing up were like run by the town. They were seasonal. So it was basketball in the winter, baseball in the spring, summer, football in the fall, right? Nowadays, it seems like sports are all year long. It's travel teams. It's serious. You're in camps. You're all this stuff. So that's our ter- we're terrified of like him getting into hockey and then hockey consuming our lives. Because some of the lacrosse, hockey, some of these sports become absolutely consuming. And we don't want anything to do with that in our house.
1: This is going to be a common theme on Casual Friday episodes. Because my You've been all, here before. My yeah. kids are all grown up. Aaron's kids are young and just getting started. So that kind of makes me a little bit envious of you. I think about this sometimes, man, what I wouldn't do to be able to kind of go back and just do it all over again. Just because it was some of the most fulfilling times of my life. Watching just a remind two things, you know, being able to watch my, like whether it was my son with sports, my daughter would dance. It was its just so fulfilling. But anyway, to but your, go ahead. You don't have to deal with getting dressed in the morning to go to school anymore. That is. Uh, nice. to- <laughs> And that was hard you, this morning. And you hit the nail right on the head. Look, if you got a kid out there, you're watching, you're listening, and he likes hockey or she likes hockey, because a lot of girls are playing hockey now, for Um, sure. great. Go for it. More power but, to you. Yeah. Let me tell you this, though, man. If you can avoid that shit, do it, because you are 100% right. Hockey, unlike other sports, first of all, it is very expensive. You know, you, even if you're buying
2: used gear, like I know people are like, oh, you can get used stuff. Like you're still you're doing ex- it every it's, year with kids. Still growing.
1: expensive. Kids yeah. grow, and their hockey gear lasts maybe a year or two at the very most if you're lucky. Before you got to buy new skates, new shin yeah. guards, new shoulder pads, new new everything. Hockey is very expensive. Ice time, leagues, is expensive. ice time is expensive. Playing on leagues is yeah, it's expensive. Ice time travel is insane. Uh ice time is insane too. A lot of these kids are playing games literally at six in the morning because that's when the they get or practicing at six in the morning because that's where they can the only time they can get the ice or at a reasonable rate. So yeah, man, hockey is it's an insanely one. expensive sport for youth. And it's also beyond money a very, very big, big, big commitment. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, man.
2: It's a lot, man. It's a
3: lot.
1: We're hoping golf.
2: My kid right. likes golf. He likes going to the range with me and we're hoping maybe something a little less commitment side driven. Jay
1: Skersky's kid is an unbelievable I've seen that, yeah. golfer, man, crushes yeah. the ball. Um, anyway, so yeah, what I, mean is this? what I was getting to is you're not going to hear on casual Friday much of any Savers talk. Maybe a little bit here and there in passing, but what you will hear is, is plenty of football talk. And look, when this schedule came we out. you can crap
2: on the Knicks if you want.
1: Not yet. Okay. I will soon enough, though. <laughs> I will soon enough, I promise you that. <laughs> That's coming. And we'll be Aaron's a Bulls fan too. So we'll be following that. along with the Bulls uh this season. Look, when the Buffalo Bills uh, schedule comes out, I look the first thing I did is look for the Chiefs game. Because sure. you know, is it gonna be prime time? When's it gonna be? Well, it's this week. This is a uh this is a big game, and beyond the revenge point, it's just a big game, period, because mm-hmm. if your goal is at the end of the season, if, if your goal is to get a bye and if your goal is to have the playoffs come through Buffalo, that means yeah. you need to get the number one seed. Yeah. Right now, the Bills and the Chiefs are both four and one. I think they've kind of gotten there in different ways. The Bills have kind of run over their opponents for their five weeks. Or they may not the Baltimore game, but for the most part, they have where the Chiefs have really... The second half, they ran over them. Yeah. The Chiefs have been grinding out close wins this year. Um, but anyway, regardless, they're both four and one right now. Yeah. And... I looked up a stat, it was from Football Outsiders. If the Bills win this game on Sunday, they have a 68% chance to end up the number one seed. If the Chiefs win the game on Sunday, that drops down to 30%. So you're talking 68 to 30. And again, the goal is to, to be the number one seed. Kind of talk about this being a big game. Right. More than just the revenge game. Now the revenge yeah. or well, m- it might matter a little bit, especially to fans and maybe even some media. But uh, this is this is just straight up a big game. It's not another game on the schedule like some of the players are saying the right thing right now.
2: Yeah, a couple things to unpack here. One, uh, this is not a revenge game. This is not a payback game. Uh, that None of that has anything to do with this game. And I know that's hard because it's the Chiefs and the 13 seconds happened and this is the next time you're playing them. And so it's hard to separate those two things. But for me personally, like I'm not going to get revenge from a regular season victory here, right? Like my revenge comes from the bills making the Super Bowl, whether or not they see the chiefs or not, the revenge is getting past that next phase. And the chiefs were the thing that blocked you sure. winning in the regular season. Doesn't change that. The bills won in the regular season last year against the chiefs, right? like, yeah. And so that ultimately didn't necessarily mean anything to your point. It's a big game because of this, what's at stake, right? And Sean McDermott constantly is talking about control our controllables right? We can only control the things that we can control. Well, you want the one seed you they talk about all the time, like uh, playoff caliber, you just have to get to the playoffs, you have to win your division. And they know they want to win the one seed, like those are the ultimate goals. And so in order to control the controllables to get to your goals, it's winning this game. And that's why it's the biggest game on the schedule for the year. I wasn't sure if the Chiefs would be the other team with the bills or not, uh, just from the hype of the what people are talking about with the AFC West, it seems like that sort of settled in and the Broncos are no good. And the chargers are kind of struggling to find themselves and chiefs are still the cream of the crop in that in that division and in the conference with the bills. And so, yeah, this to the football outsider stats, like uh, a victory here goes a long way. It does not guarantee the one seed. We got a lot of football left. And that's probably my biggest issue with the way the league scheduled this one. You knew after that 13 seconds, that this game was coming up on your schedule again. And to put it here at week six, I think is a disservice at four o'clock in the afternoon. Week six is a disservice to NFL fans everywhere. We constantly have to sit through subpar quarterback play, bad teams on primetime games. And you knew when the schedule came out that there was not any better or more sought after game than watching Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen go at each other. Mm -hmm. And you put it week six at four o'clock in the afternoon. Like, what are you guys doing? I want this game in December on Sunday night football with like, we know where these teams are at it's week 13 or whatever. And you got a good sense of, all right, but Buffalo's wrapped up the division or pretty much has a good, and this is going to be, this game is going to define, we know where these teams are at. And it's going to define who ends up with the one seed with four weeks remaining in the season or something like that. NFL missed big time on that, but it's here. Um, Bills are getting healthy at the right time. It's a big game. I think they know the stakes, but ultimately, you're not going to get your revenge. And I don't want to hear anything about it. Like people that are posting on Twitter all about like, this is revenge week. Like man, Bill's winning. This game is cool. I'm going to love it. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to talk a bunch of trash on Twitter, but it does not fill the void that 13 seconds left. Only Let- thing that can fill that is Bill's making the Super Bowl
1: last year. I thought it was important that the bills beat the chiefs in a regular season Yeah, for the fact of, <clears throat> they needed to be able to get over the hump. They they needed to know Show that they themselves could, beat they the could chiefs, do it, yeah. that they could. And I do think that mattered in the post season. I mean, they have, of course, 13 seconds happened, but the bills was... didn't go away in the second half. When the chiefs came on, you know, when the bills struggled, they, they came right back. I thought that you knew was you could beat that team. Right. This yeah. year. I, to me, it's all about the playoffs going through Buffalo. I, I truly feel that way. I'm not saying the bills cannot go on the road and win to get to the Super Bowl. They a hundred percent can, whether they're the yeah. two seed or the five seed, you know what exactly. I mean? So, But it's easier the other way. You get a buy, especially now the NFL took it away. The two seed, right? You
2: only get one buy. And so you're not going to get the again The two seed doesn't do you any good. So that buy is going to help, especially the bills have an early buy on their schedule. Right. Coming up next week, which when the schedule came out, I was kind of pretty mad that we had such an early buy. But now seeing the early injuries for the bills, it's a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. and there's some scheduling things where you get a little bit of a rest advantage uh, going forward this season. But ultimately, now you're going through and playing, what, uh, 11 weeks straight without a buy. So getting that uh, first round buy could be huge. We've seen early in the season how injuries just de- decimated parts of this roster. You have 11 weeks left against some bad teams. I'm sure they'll be managing injuries and stuff like that. But that buy is going to come in handy if you can grab it.
1: I agree with you about this game. I, I can't believe it's not a prime time game. Silly. I'm happy in a way, though, because I would have worn the, the rug out in my house pacing from the morning all the way up until 8 o'clock if sure. I had to wait until 8 o'clock to watch us. Stakes aside, isn't it just fun, though? This is Elway versus Marino. This is uh, this is Brady versus Peyton Manning that we mm-hmm. used to see every year. You know what I mean? Just as yeah. a football fan, it is so cool to see Bird Josh Allen. I think Kevin. it transcends other sports. Absolutely, yeah. man. And you just know... Then unless the national media has to cover, if they have another assignment, they won't be watching. But, you know, for the most part, everybody is going to have eyeballs on this game, man, for sure.
2: Yeah, it's a really it's a such a unique rivalry, right? Because, like, I want to put my flag in the sand and be like, Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the world, because the things I watch him do week in and week out are just it. I was sitting on my couch and there was a commanders fan watching the game with us and he he has no interest, like no loyalty to the bills or anything like that. And even was kind of a Josh Allen hater a couple of years ago. And he was just sitting there and repetitively being like, this guy's a God, like, what is he doing? Like other fans are just like, this is incredible. And so I want my guy to be the best, but then I flip on Patrick Mahomes on a Sunday night football. And the dude is just matching him every single week with just absolute incredible play. And so it culminates in these great games that we've seen them play over the last, four years uh, against each other and some maybe the best football ever uh, in that playoff game. And now you're going to get another run at it. And I think you're going to see this. If everything goes right, this deck, this rivalry might go on for the next decade. And what a blessing to sports fans. Cause I do think too, a little bit their play is ruining the game. Maybe for other people. I know for me, I go turn on a lot of these other games and watch, quarterbacks barely be able to throw throws that these guys do with ease it makes it hard to then go back and sit and watch so this is a real treat to NFL fans to get to watch the two of these guys in their primes going head-to-head in a big game that matters like uh, outside if you're not a fan of any team I feel like your eyeballs are definitely still on this game and this is like one of those ones where people become fans of kansas city or buffalo because they're watching in brazil and josh allen just decimates a team like that these are the types of games where you get international fans that have no ties to your regions and stuff like that that's how yeah, big it is
1: i'm glad you said that because i i think that from time to time i watch the saints i watch winston and kirk cousins play against each other i'm like oh that's cute you know it's a nice little passer or, yeah. or whatever it's kind of like yeah you almost get um we're spoiled right now getting to watch josh allen they make it look week. easy some really
2: difficult things just look we take it for granted now.
1: Yeah, 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 we do for sure. My favorite catchphrase on this podcast, I've said it over and over and I'll say it again now. When it comes to Mahomes, Josh Allen, if if I'm Buffalo, I'm, there's not a player on this earth I'm training for Josh Allen. Yeah. If I'm a Kansas City Chiefs guy, there's not a player on the earth I'm training for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They really are side by side the two best uh, players in this game. I, I want to take a real quick break, come back on the other side and uh, plenty more Bills talk and then we're going to, debut a new segment that we're going to be doing every Friday. So be right back. Sports fans who like the wager. I'm here to tell you about odds trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than odds trader. Why is odds trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you wanna throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, OddsTrader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that can be a huge thing to know in certain situations. OddsTrader also has a betting tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, OddsTrader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in his betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddtrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, I'm back with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. By the way, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe at the like button and all that other stuff. An updated photo in the graphic of Aaron, too. He made me put an updated one in. I, I used every time I've had you on the show, I have an old ass photo of you. You're like, That's enough of that, shit, man. <laughs> so, yeah,
2: man, you to anyway. update me. I keep getting better with age, so you know, I'm aging well.
1: What going into this game, if you have, I mean, I'm sure you have a couple concerns because they're playing a very good football team, but like you mm-hmm. look at this team right now, yeah, beyond injuries, which again. We're taping this Thursday morning, so the Bills haven't even practiced, so we don't know what that situation is looking like. I will say this, though. Better than last week so far. Way better than last week for sure. I don't know how the the questionable players, I'm sure they're going to be listening to this question. Well, the guys who are being limited right now, I bet my life Jordan Poyer will be playing. I can't speak for Tremaine Edmonds. It's too early to know how he's going to be. But I think you could count on Jordan Poyer playing. I think he could have played last week, too, if he absolutely had to. Just wanted to throw that out there. That's what I heard anyway. What's your biggest concern? Going into this game right now, like what about the Bills or the Chiefs do or that when it comes to the Bills roster right now, what what's the most concerning to you? For this matchup,
2: I, th- I mean, Mahomes is the biggest concern, right? Like I hate to be a cop out, but even if things aren't going well for the Chiefs, him being on that other side of the field just allows them to come back in any game. Like they can come back at any point in the game because of Patrick Mahomes and his ability to just get them downfield. I think maybe my biggest concern in this particular matchup. I think the Bills are a much better team actually in this game, and I am very confident about this one. Weirdly, I, I think I would have more anxiety going into this game, but I look at it. Well, this it is way, only like,
1: Thursday, though.
2: Yeah, it is Thursday. Check with, check with me on Saturday morning <laughs> and Sunday morning. Um, no, I look at him man. Like. My years might be off here. What that 20 to the COVID season when they got to the um, 2020 season, when they got to the AFC championship game, I think the chiefs were a much better team yeah. than the bills that year. And it showed. And Agreed. then I think the next year, right? Last year, I think the bills evened it out. They beat them in the regular season and they hung with them. And it was just that weird 13 second debacle. That was the difference in that game, but the bills were there step for step. And I think ultimately I think any football fan or anybody that covers the league will say that they were right there, even with the chiefs for the year. And now I think in 2021 here, or 2022 here, uh, the Bills have taken the step to be ahead of them, the Chiefs, in terms of, I think the Chiefs got worse a little bit. Their offensive line's better, but ultimately I think their team has gotten worse over the last two to three years. I think the Bills have gotten better. I think the depth of the Bills is suffocating to most teams in the NFL. And I think we're going to see that again here this weekend, that the depth is just too much, that there's too much star power. There's too much not star power, just the guys, your Taryn Johnson's, your... You know, our Hamlin stepping in and playing while you're Tim Settle type guys. It's just everywhere you look, there's more depth on the Bills than on the Chiefs. And I think that ultimately will come out in the wash. But the one thing the Chiefs do this year that seems a bit of a different feel from teams in the past is this offense feels a lot more patient. They're willing to run the ball, the screen game, the short passing game, him getting the ball out quick, Mahomes getting the ball out quick, and they're willing to do the dink and dunk and just keep getting the ball down the field. And now, it's not typical of the Chiefs where they're, they're not scoring on every single drive like they used to. They are being forced to punt. They are, again, settling for some field goals. But that type of patience and being able to take what the defense gives you and then t- couple that with the success that they have in the red zone and the designs. Once they get into the red zone, they're money. It's the teams that are able to keep them from getting there. Now, the Bills defense is kind of a dink and dunk, bend but don't break defense. So I'm interested to see Chiefs are going to get into the red zone. What happens when you get there? Yeah. Uh, because it, if they are able to just continue to score touchdowns and get Travis Kelsey involved and keep the game close, well, then anything can happen. But if you can get a couple stops there, holding the field goals or get turnovers, I don't think on the other side of the ball they're going to be able to stop Josh Allen. Like This could be one of those games where we just don't see Sam Martin again. And so it's going to be which defense can come up with a stop or two and get the other offense the ball one or two more times in this game. So, I, Yeah,
1: I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think Josh Allen, whether it's, Balls to the wall, like we saw last year in the yeah. playoffs with Kansas City, whether it's a little bit of dink and dunk and ball control, like we saw in Miami. I mean, they didn't finish the job, but I thought yeah. Josh, all things considered and the injuries, played very well that game. Ball mm-hmm. control, same thing with Baltimore, or whether he's airing it out like he did against Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, there's lots of ways the Bills offense can beat you. There's two things that I'm concerned about. One of them is Elon, if he if he even starts at corner. I, I do yeah. think if Benford, if Benford's good to go. I wouldn't be surprised if Benford starts. Well, I think
2: the benefit of those two guys, too, is that even if they're both a little bit limited, because right now in practice, uh, Elam has the foot and Benford's still with the uh, broken hand, that the way the Bills are willing to rotate them, I think helps for them to both be able to be outside this week,
1: right? 100%. And and I'll say this, too. The Chiefs are still a formidable offense. I think they're a little bit more committed to running the football. now. a lot of things what you spoke, but they don't scare me. I'm not afraid to admit it. Tyree kill with the chiefs. That was scary. And I think the bills played scared against him at times on defense. When he was with the chiefs, he's a weapon that they don't have anymore. So I'm far less concerned about Elon. If he's watching scantling or Hardman yeah. or even Juju Schuster, if, if those situations, you still got to guard heard. every
2: blade of grass. That's what scares me. with Mahomes It's sure. like, even a scantling, if he gets deep, Mahomes will hit him. Like we saw in that playoff game a couple years ago, uh, Ray, the Ravens game actually. And, uh, Bills got beat deep, deep a couple times and they just couldn't connect on those plays. Yeah. And like, if you let one of those guys leak out, Mahomes is going to hit him for sure. a deep ball. So you still have to be very disciplined and guard every blade of grass. That's what makes Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen so difficult is you really like the Steelers last weekend, they weren't guarding every blade of grass. That's why I saw Gabe Davis get over the top. Like <laughs> you got to really, they can do things. Other QBs can't, they can put the ball up 55, 60 air yards. So you got to guard that too.
1: Hey, with Nealem, and let's just assume he's going to play. We don't know about Benford right now. And we know Trey White is practicing, but he's not playing yet. <clears throat> he struggled last week against Pittsburgh. He's one of the few guys against Pittsburgh that struggled. Now, I mean, he did have an interception, but I think the stats were he was targeted 13 times. He gave up 10 catches for 126 yards. It's not the worst game I've seen a corner play. I've seen a corner play far worse than that. So I might say he was awful, but you could just sense that that's who they're going to go after. So he's going to have to be up to task. But on Sunday. and I want to push
2: back. I want to push back a little bit on that. Go ahead. Uh, just because targets like uh, in this defense, it's a zone heavy defense. So targets are going to happen, right? Not all targets are created equal. True. Pittsburgh scored three points. Like I'm not mad to give up 11 catches and they weren't even really in the red zone. And so like what I really care about when it comes to targets is, um, you know, within the game on third down, how are you playing on third down? Are you giving up first downs? Uh, stuff like that. If you're giving up if you're in cover three and a guy gets a catch in front of you and you tackle him, I don't, I'm going to give you a gr- good grade on that play, right? Just because it's a reception doesn't necessarily equal a guy was being picked on or whatever. In, in additional context to that. I think George Pickens is going to be like legit top wide receiver. Yeah. In the next I two like to him. three years in the NFL. Like I love this guy in the draft and now he's healthy and he's just the dude's a beast. I think he's going to do that type of thing to a lot of corners in this league, especially if you're in his own heavy defense. But I do think, They tackled well and ultimately they only gave up three points. So it's
1: hard to like really come down on him. I get it. And he had an interception. That's not not nothing. That's a turnover. That's an extra possession for your football team. Yep. Look, even if Kyrie is your biggest concern and you look up and down this roster again, this very well could be short term. This could be the last game where we don't see Trey white. Right. And look on the others. Look on the
2: other side of the field, right? We're talking about, we also got to remember to judge ourselves, our favorite team against their peers. Right. And, who are the best teams in the league? And you have uh, the Eagles are over on the NFC, but it's the bills and the chiefs are the class of the AFC right now. And that roster, you look on the other side of the field and you want to talk about holes in the secondary. Like I would take Elam over really luxurious needs good, but I would take Elam almost over anything they got over on their defensive secondary. And so really sort of judges against our peers. Trey's coming back. Elam's fine uh, to yeah. get through a game like this. I think in terms of like corner corners rooms in the league, not having your number one healthy, They've gotten really good production out of these guys without yeah. number
1: one. Yeah, there's there's worse flaws on this team. We used to say the same thing with Levi Balls, and he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, other I'm more like, concerned with the offensive line than I am. Thank you, because that's that corner what I, situation. I was just about to get to that. If I do have another concern, Chris Jones does have the ability to wreck games, yeah. and he has played very well against the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you and know, Frank Clark can be hit or yes, miss. Like if he's yeah, on, he's on. Yeah, so they they have. You know, the Chiefs defense isn't renowned. I mean, I wouldn't call it one of the best in the NFL, but they do have the ability to get after the quarterback. They do have an ability. Spagnuolo will dial up some stuff. Exactly. So they're going to get after Josh Allen. And I mean, look, if it's not your day and he might be forcing a couple turnovers, so that concerns me a little bit, but not so much the whole pass rush because every team has a couple good pass rushes. But Chris Jones historically has just played very, very well, not dominant against the Bills. So that's something that... uh.
2: Yeah, he's a beast. You got to keep him off a of, off of Josh Allen, ultimately sort of like kind of put a bow on this one for the people. And I said I was really confident. It's this matchup. It's the Bills offense versus this Chiefs defense. I, to your point of what type of Josh we're going to get, I'm expecting the Steelers game. Josh, like I don't think that this secondary can hang with this wide receiver core like uh, DVOA football outsiders I forget the exact number but the Chiefs have the worst DVOA against number one wide receivers in the NFL and you got Stefan Diggs coming into town okay. who is playing better with Josh Allen than I've ever seen him and I've spoke highly I think Stefan Diggs is the most talented wide receiver to ever wear a Bill's uniform and that includes T.O. Sure
0: like I, I, I just think he's
2: more well-rounded than anyone we've seen come through and he's playing his best football with Josh Allen right now, and you're going up against a defense that can't stop number ones, and then what Gabe Davis just did a week ago coming back fully healthy, and now you're going to get McKenzie back with Shakir uh, starting to show a little bit, and maybe Dawson Knox is coming back. That's just too much. That's too much. They're not going to be able to stop that, believe me. I don't think, maybe I sound like a total Homer fan, man, but I just can't see it.
1: I I have an expectation that, I think Josh might come out a little bit too hyped. I think it might take him a series or two to kind of calm down. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I remember when Brett Favre used to play, because I was a big Brett Favre fan when he was playing. I'm not a big Brett Favre fan today. No, not. But really. anyway, I liked watching him play. And I would yeah. remember, because I was a Packers fan, but yeah, besides the Bills, he would come out too hyped and he would be throwing yeah. the ball really hard on short passes. He'd be throwing them really high. So I, it might take a series or two for Josh to kind of settle in. But once he does, yeah, I agree. I think he's going to be... Although out. I
2: will say, like, the last two years the most interesting thing to me in the league and i you heard an interview i urge people to go listen to it it was i'm gonna drop his name uh it's the dude that everybody goes to for arm mechanics he used to be a pitcher brady worked with him he was on rich eisen a couple weeks ago i'll have to find the name and and tweet out later anyways he did an interview he's quarterbacks drew Brees started going to him brady went to him and now everybody goes to see him And he was talking about in the pre-draft process. And when they had talked to Allen, and had him in, they test guys for like how they perform under pressure and all this stuff. And Josh Allen had grades like nobody had ever seen, which was kind of counterintuitive to who we thought Josh Allen was as a prospect, right? It was chaos. And it was like every time he saw a big moment, he imploded in college. And even when he started in the NFL, it was just the sugar high Josh and the moments just felt too big. And he was Mm -hmm. always antsy over the last two years. Statistically, like nobody's better on third and long. Josh Allen nobody's better in close games than Josh Allen like when the pressure is at its most Josh Allen performs at his best look at that Kansas City game in the playoffs like yes the team lost that game but Josh Allen played absolutely flawless perfect football and so what I will say I agree with you that I get a little nervous pre-game that he gets super worked up but this being the biggest game and knowing what they did last year in that taste in, in Josh's mouth. I think he's going to come out and just light the world on fire. Like when, when the pressure's at its most and his backs against the wall, I feel like he does perform at his best.
1: It's going to be a fun game for sure. There's two quick things I want to hit on. And then I want to get to our metal stance. I yeah, mean yeah. That we're debuting. Um, James Cook scored against Pittsburgh. It was a mm-hmm. nice run up the middle. Um, was that just a simple anomaly and a blowout? Or do you think that might be the first step in the bill's and Dorsey, more specifically, starting to show more confidence in him. Because at this point, it's been a little James Cook here and there. And if he makes one mistake, you don't see him again for the rest of the game. you think it's time maybe starting this Sunday where you start to see more James Cook? Even if he happens to make a mistake, if he drops a ball or even if God forbid he fumbles.
2: Um, or we're not there yet. I don't know. It's tough for me, right? Because the sample size is just so small. And there still is more negative than good. Like, that was a great run um it really showed off his skill set of that ability to just accelerate right he plants his foot and just accelerates and the guy actually had a decent line he just outran the angle of the defender so you see that he presents something that nobody else in that backfield does so i understand why they would want to go to a more this necessarily is not a ken dorsey uh call right he talks about it in the press conferences every week that the running backs coach really kind of divvies up those carries and how it's going to go in the game and so it's really going to lean on where he sees James Cook my fear for Cook or my concern with Cook is when he's in the game it's sort of a tell at this point that either he's getting the ball but or that he's going to be out you know as a receiver but him in pass protection isn't something I don't think the Bills trust I think again the big concern for him is if Singletary gets hurt I don't think the Bills feel like they can rely on James Cook to be the number one back or the guy that's taking the primary amount of snaps. And so that's why Zach Moss is going to continue to have a spot on the game day active roster, in my opinion. And I also think it's why they'll continue to get him involved in the game in case he has to come in at any point and be the primary back. I just don't think they'll turn it over to Cook quite yet. I think it will be something that takes some time. Look at Kansas City with Sky Moore. I think everybody thought, you know, with the receiving core sort of not what it used to be that Sky Moore would come in and just those immediate highlights that he had in college would just transfer to the Kansas City offense. Sometimes this stuff takes time. I do think Cook will continue to expand his role as the season goes on. I've always said that, but I think we'll see more December, January. As they get into the playoffs, I think you'll start to see that role become more his as they gain trust in him. But that single run in garbage time, I don't think did enough for me to say like, okay, now he's solidly running back too.
1: Do you think there's any fire with the smoke that the bills could be in the market to trade for either Barkley or McCaffrey? Um, I, I, I just don't, I don't buy it, man. Short of single, Singletary getting hurt. If Singletary yeah. were to get hurt, which the way this team season has went with the bills, I wouldn't even be shocked at this point. But if Singletary suffered, like say went out Sunday or the week after, or against Green Bay, and maybe he suffered a significant injury. Maybe they make a, a play for running backs. You don't trust Zach bosses. as your one, but short of that, do you see that happen? Yeah, if there's an injury for sure would probably push it. I don't think that Brandon
2: Bean is going to like overpay for to bring in a running back. And I also think that internally the Bills know a little bit of the struggles with what's going on in the run game are driven by the offensive line and the sure. lack of, of physicality up front and getting that going together. So I don't know that they're panicking about that yet either. I think Aaron Cromer is a new coach. They're doing some new things along the offensive line. They got new pieces There's been some things that look good about what they're doing. And so I think they're going to give that some time to sort of gel itself out. Let's remember, you know, go back historically and look at the issues that pop up early in seasons for the bills and sort of how they fix them as the season goes on. And almost typically always the thing that is kind of nagging at them early in the year, they are able to address. It was the run game for years, right? Like teams that could run would just come in and run the ball down the bills face. Well, there was a couple seasons ago where they sort of clamped it up as the year went on tight ends was the same thing, right? It was always, oh, we got to face tight ends. What are they going to do? Well, eventually they kind of clamped that up too. And so I think this team just continues to evolve in that way.
1: Yeah, I agree. I would say this, no chance with Barkley. I think Brian Gable and the Giants being four and one kills that. That,
2: Yeah. That's off the table at this point. That's off the
1: table. McCaffrey, I don't buy it. I still think it's more media and fan creation, but I will say, man, that would be nice. He, he's a lot he's a, he's a much better james cook you know what i mean a guy you yeah can and trust. i think the injury
2: concerns are overstated sure too yeah. and I, the cost I, isn't that bad i just don't know that i think the panthers aren't going to do it for like they're not going to give to us any favors right no, no, and no. they're looking to rebuild this entire organization and that's probably their key piece they can get the most for uh at this point so i think they're going to try to milk the value if there is
1: any there and i don't Brandon Bean's not going to overpay that. I don't. I don't think so either. Because again, the Bills got a lot of big contracts coming up, and the way and we got to pay over your team is due to draft. You know, you got to develop yeah. guys like Shakir and James Cook. One last thing, you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. I wanted to read a quote from you. I don't even know if you read this yet. Um, Tim Grant from the Athletic, there was an article, and there were a bunch of suitors, a bunch of teams, and, yes. and their thoughts on Correct. on yeah, Odell coming. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'm gonna read it for people quick. I'm gonna read the whole thing, but um, because it was kind of long. But this is what Tim Graham wrote in the Athletic on Wednesday night. He said, I'm told the Bills don't have an iron in this fire. Most of the Beckham, the Buffalo smoke has been manufactured to this point with his reconstructed knee not rehabbed enough to consider. It's uncertain if Beckham will be ready to play full go steps by December. The Bills also have restricted uh, cap space. He went on to say, Buffalo's down a couple of receivers with Crowder, sideline by a broken ankle, Krummer with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Mackenzie missed Sunday's game or recovering from a concussion. By the way, he is playing on Sunday. That said, the Bills have proven to be deep. Rookie Khalil Shakir scored his first NFL touchdown Sunday. Isaiah Hodgson, signed from the practice squad, got involved early, saying his first pass in the second quarter, 26-yard game. Beckham will be explored, but it appears a lot will need to fall in place and injury issues to intensify for the Bills to commit. Sounds pretty right to me. It's fun to think about it, but that's kind of what I think too. Do you agree? Or not? I don't know.
2: I don't know. It's a tough one for me. I also don't think that people are going to be like open and I know Tim's great and he's got great sources and all this stuff. I don't know what his source was, but I also kind of believe Vaughn too and we've heard Vaughn talking about it and Brandon Bean addressed uh OBJ and not saying that he was interested or had an offer on the table but like they're I do believe that they're interested he Brandon Bean has talked about always being interested in adding talented players and if you look out at what's available on the street free agency like OBJ is probably the most talented player out there available to add to a team and so sure. I think he's on their radar. He knows Mon Miller wants him. I think he knows Steph Diggs wants it. Like you go look on Instagram and all the guys talking about bringing him in, there is some smoke here. And whether it's been official Brandon Bean having conversations with Odell's agent and actual offers, that probably hasn't happened yet. I, I'm assuming that hasn't happened yet, but I do think. Pro scouting department has a timeline on when they expect Odell Beckham to be healthy. And I think that he is a part of the priority list of uh NFL free agents to bring in in case something happens. And even if it's something doesn't happen at some point, if he's healthy and you have the ability to add him to go into the playoffs, what happens when you get into the playoffs if Gabe Davis gets hurt? What yeah. happens when you go into the playoffs if Steph Diggs? Steph Diggs tore his oblique in 2020 and played in a playoff game. Like fantastic but he was limited and we've seen teams the B- the bucks last year have chris godwin her and you can't find dudes and when you're in the playoffs like you're not just bringing some guy in in the playoffs to to be part of your team so i do think i still think it's more likely than not if obj plays this year uh because he is able to get healthy and play this year and get into the playoffs i do think buffalo still just makes the most sense he's chasing a ring and an opportunity to be on a national stage and get one more contract Buffalo just makes too much sense. In my opinion, the other teams that were in consideration, the Rams, I don't think are competing for a Super Bowl at this point. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was in consideration there in that article. He talked about the bears. He's not going to the bears. Baltimore, Baltimore was one of them. Maybe, but wide receivers have not been happy there. I couldn't see Odell necessarily loving that situation. Greg bought brought up a great point. Like maybe if one of the other contenders has a serious injury before the bills are able to sign on like Tampa, yeah although i don't know if they're legit contenders or not right now um i don't think the eagles are in play here i'm like trying to think of the top teams in the league that would be in play and to
1: me when i look at those the bills still make the most sense ultimately in my opinion i look the offense is still good even without gabe davis but we saw a compromise offense when against baltimore and miami to an extent where gabe davis was way less than 100 yeah. percent, and then we saw a difference. Left, and I, lesser I like Shakir, but he's not Odell Beckham Jr. No, 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 neither I mean? like, is Isaiah McKenzie. So, right, right. yeah, man. I, he was I a Super Bowl did.
2: MVP until right. he got hurt. Like, he was about to single-handedly win that game for them. So, yeah, this guy's a different talent if he comes back healthy.
1: One of the things we're going to do to wrap up our, our weekly uh, casual Friday with Aaron Quinn here is, I've invented a little game that's going to be called the Metal Stand. And we're going to take a bunch of topics, well, three each week, and range from sports to, to pop culture. And again, it's the metal stand. So gold, silver, bronze. I'm going to give Aaron a topic and then he's going to award a, a bronze, a silver and a gold medal for each kind of basically your power ranking them in reverse order uh, from three to one. We'll add a couple other segments as we go on and we'll make some tweaks, but that's going to be one of the fun things that uh, I'd like to do here. So on that note, I got three for you and we'll get started again. This is going to be called the metal stand. The first topic is you can add one former Buffalo Bills cornerback to this current 2022 roster. Your three candidates are Antoine Winfield, Nate Clemens, and Terrence McGee. So you can take these guys and you can put them on today's roster. Power rank them. Start with the bronze and work your yeah. way up to the gold. Yeah. First of all, how dare you disrespect
2: Stephon Gilmore like that, but well, we can talk about <laughs> these guys. Uh, for me, we're, we're going three to one. Terrence McGee's number three. And I, I he's don't know that I, huh? he's getting the bronze. I don't know how much pushback I'll get on that. Like, I think that's pretty solid pushback. And then the other, these other two, I think you can sort of have a debate, but for me, uh, silver would be Antoine Winfield. I loved his style of play. I think it's, I think he could fit right into this defense, but gold goes to Nate Clements, just for the type of athlete that he was and the, the playmaking ability that he had. I think you add that type of splash play ability to this defense you already got guys, in my opinion, on this defense that can come and lay the hammer and tackle. Like I love Taron Johnson for that, and and uh, I think DeMar Hanlon sort of offers that physicality in the defensive backfield, but I want to put Nate Clements next to Trey White and just let them go out and pick the ball off and make plays with their athleticism.
1: Yeah, That's every, where I'm at. So I, I agree with you with the goal for sure, and I agree. Actually, I agree with you with all of them. I would say, though, I would consider Terrence McGee for the silver a little bit more. If and it maybe it doesn't mean much to you, but he was a, an elite returner too. So for now sure. you, gotta, you gotta Clemens guide. could do and, some returns though for you. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. But McGee was one. He's one of the best returners the Bills have ever had. So yeah, yeah. There's your kick and punt returner as well as uh, your starting corner. But all in all, I agree. Nate Clemens gets the ball in his hands and yeah, you know he could be, uh, it could but be a. But the right answer, run. Stephon Gilmore, is gold. All right. Well, he's not a choice. (laughs) I don't like Stefan Gilmore. Which, by the way, as we're doing this, and again, we're going to tweak these as the week goes on. Maybe going forward, I'll give you the topic, and I'll give it to you ahead of time. So Aaron's going to have homework to do every week on top of all his other responsibilities. And I won't give you the choices. Like, you could have named your own bronze, silver, and gold. But anyway, that's the way we're doing it this week. So he goes Nate with the gold, Antoine with the silver, and Terrence McGee with the bronze. Uh, Two more here. Next category, we're going to do 90s. Male R&B groups, and I know you are a big. Mm. R&B this is my favorite genre. Yeah. We're gonna. Be, by the way, there'll be plenty of R&B stuff going on with this uh, Casual Friday podcast. But anyway, the choices are Boys to Men, Jodeci, and Drew Hill. Yeah, this one's
2: pretty easy for me, uh, Pat. that You made this one really easy. I, I think you already got it in order here. So I'm going Drew Hill with bronze, Jodeci with silver, and Boys to Men with gold. Boys to Men's the standard in male vocal groups of the 90s in my opinion i think they really uh new edition sort of brought that different kind of view of the male vocal band of the 90s uh kind of bringing back that motown style of putting five dudes together and having to make r&b songs and then boys to men brought it to a whole nother level and in terms of talent much more talented in my opinion than uh, a new edition or even a jodeci or drew hill top to bottom and the sound that they created at the time in the 1990s didn't did more people fall in love to boys to men's albums than any other album at the at the time like they they were tops of the charts the skate i was a kid in the 90s the skate rank couples dances was all boys to men
1: that's who I, was doing it i saw a documentary where groups like backstreet boys and NSYNC were talking about the inspiration that boys to men actually was to them to them yeah i i don't well i actually do disagree with you quickly here yeah drew hill drew hill's the bronze, but but i'm not just gonna throw i love drew hill i love drew hill man i love
2: i think they're more on the uh i think drew hill belongs in the conversation probably with jagged edge and 112 sure
1: sure maybe boys the men is more popular no question but for me personally man this is where we're gonna have our first what ultimately will become a lot of disagreements through the weeks there I actually would have Jodeci with the gold. I, I, Jodeci was my favorite male R and B group. I thought they had the best actual R and B music. I think Boys to Men had the more commercial, successful, yeah. music. But uh, anyway, for me, I, I think wanna...
2: Jodeci's has a better album. Yeah, too. I don't know that they have the l- sustained success of Boys to Men. And even no. though Boys to Men sort of fell off in the uh, like after kind of the mid nineties, like they still had some success in the late nineties. They still had some good albums beyond that where Casey and Jojo sort of went off and did their own thing. I think if you, maybe if you add the body of work, Casey and Jojo had to Jodeci, then I think that's ultimately trumps it because Casey and Jojo in those early two thousands, essentially was still kind of that Jodeci sound and was just blanketed in the airwaves with great songs. So they probably had more long-term success when they split off on their own, but I still voice voice men still out there doing their thing.
1: Yeah, they are real quick i'm going to uh, penalize boys and men ever so slightly because i've seen them in concert before and as great as they are on record as good as they are in the studio i thought they were absolutely horrible when did you yeah. see them now yeah, it was quite a while ago but it okay. was it wasn't recent so it was a while okay. ago too okay, so still a while i know ago. where you were going all right, all all right. right la- last category here uh rocky movies and again i only listed three as a choice so i know okay. some people were like where's rocky one or where's rocky five well they're not in here um the three choices are rocky two II, rocky three rocky four yeah uh first of all i
2: think most of the rocky movies are pretty dumb i do i think they're not great written i think most of them are poorly acted, not fantastic acted i think they're low budget movies as well i mean i get it they're fun rocky one's fun and i used to love when it would come on tv on whatever usa network as a kid like they're fun movies i get it but ultimately like the storylines are just Ridiculous! Like some of these storylines that they come up with in these Rocky movies are absolutely absurd. The dialogue is terrible in most of these these films. But I get why people like them, right? Uh, in ranking these ones, I actually think you picked some of the worst Rocky movies to talk about. But um, <laughs> I will say, I think so. Four is well. So we'll go backwards. Uh, I think my order is three, two, four, four. So bronze is three, silver's two, and four is gold. To me, because right, wait, Rocky Four is traveling to Russia, yes, right, and so Creed dies,
1: Creed dies in four, and yes. that one
2: that's honestly one of the toughest scenes I remember as a kid. Like, really, a movie like feeling impact when Apollo Creed dies, like, I was upset as a kid, and so I think like having that, and then like the scenes of getting ready in Russia, like, that was a badass movie, all the lights and the fighting, and so like, it, it was probably one of the, the
1: soundtrack was elite. elite
2: soundtrack i feel like for rocky four they finally got like a well-produced movie together Mm -hmm. rocky one was like low budget terribly produced and like like, won an oscar
1: it's crazy i agree with you though
3: yeah
2: yeah and four i feel like they finally got the production figured out and i think it was ultimately maybe the i don't even know if it's the best of the whole series but it's definitely the best in this rating in my opinion and then what two was the
1: uh that where he the wins rematch. the rematch he wins the rematch against he Creed. wins the but rematch against Creed. not That's a it. lot of action there not a lot, lot of storytelling not 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 much on the action side
2: we still had Apollo Creed and I think it was more of a realistic like boxing story
1: sure
2: right like the ch- what was it the fight got canceled or no that was the first one fight got canceled the first one you, you had this sort of rivalry building yeah. it's like more typical of what you would see in the boxing world sure. where the right three just felt pretty over the top having mr T.
1: <laughs> see this is where I disagree with you. And this is why these are mr be, t doesn't belong in any movie these are going to be fun i would and this is going to be unpopular purest rocky fans are going to hate on both of us i would have rocky 2 as the bronze as well i would have rocky 4 as the silver you said a lot of the reasons why and again that soundtrack was just amazing i loved rocky 3 though this is where i disagree with you to me that gets the gold you want to talk about someone dying mickey dies to this day, if we were doing a watch along on YouTube right now, you'd see tears in my eyes when Mickey ultimately dies. You have uh, Clever Lang, a new character. You have Apollo and Rocky coming together, which is over the top. You are right. I'm not saying you're wrong about that. Um, him going to California to train. The, the beach scene where uh, Adrian's got to inspire Rocky because he's down and out. Uh, <laughs> I got Rocky is getting the gold, man. But, uh, and so one other take on this.
2: Mm-hmm. I think Creed might be my favorite Rocky movie
1: really it's pretty good i i, I think a lot no three and four are still my two in and in, in that order creed's all right
2: i like creed a lot <laughs> i think it was finally stallone actually having some acting
1: <laughs> all right guys that's going to do it for this casual friday this was fun and by the way i look forward to doing more of these like i said we're gonna we're gonna talk bills every week but we're gonna talk about some buffalo stuff some pop culture stuff and we'll have some fun segments like this as well. Again, that's every Friday. Make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Quinn, 716. Make sure you check out the Cover One Buffalo podcast. They're on live after Bill's games. And they also have a preview show during the season as well. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Again, this is going to be different. You and Greg, you you guys got that chemistry and you guys are great at talking football. We'll do a little bit of that, but this is going to be different as well. So you won't get bored with Aaron, whether it's Cover One Buffalo or whether it's on this podcast. Thanks, brother, for doing this, man. I appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. All right. Talk to you guys next week.
3: Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.